Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate you listening. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and com. Stan, the fishing machine, is at the governor's fishing opener. Because of that, we're taping this show a little bit earlier in the week, so do not call in. And I can't stress enough, you have to tune in after my show is over and listen to Stan's show, The Outdoor Show. Holy cow, you have an incredible list of, of who's yeah, coming on. Yeah, we actually get some, for a weekend show, we get some pretty big names. I mean, we got the DNR commissioner, the director of tourism, uh, the d- director of the mentoring program in the state of Minnesota for hunting and fishing outdoor stuff, and uh, fish biologists, and also uh, the leader of the conservation officers. So hopefully I won't get cuffed up there this year, because I know my partner did here a couple of years ago. So Oh, my gosh. All right. It all was right. all in fun, though. That, oh, that's good. And that's good. Uh, because, you know, we only tape like this just, what, a couple, three times a year. And I, I cannot stress enough how Stan is a fishing machine. Stan, fishing is your happy place, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's relaxing. And if you haven't tried it, uh, if you had a bad day at work, just go sit at the end of a dock, cast out. And also, Mother's Day tomorrow, and since... Fishing opener normally, or the walleye opener normally lands on the weekend of Mother's Day. They say, hey, mothers, we're going to throw you a bone as well. So moms can fish free this weekend without a license. So maybe a good time for uh, the moms to get out there with their kids and uh, see how much your kids will enjoy it. They will. You know how much it irritates me that I have to have a license to fish, right? And they you just, know and they just went up too, by the way. That'll make you happy too. I know. So maybe I should go fishing on Mother's Day because I go. could fish for free. We should always be fishing for free. The idea that you have to get a license from the state to fish, give me a break. All right, let's uh let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the schools. Uh Tuesday, last Tuesday was Teacher Appreciation Day, and the Democrats in the legislature legislature were tweeting out uh in honor of Teacher Appreciation Day. They want to say thank you to the 25 DFL educators who are running for the Minnesota House. Uh, That's amazing, isn't it? That's absolutely amazing that they have 25 Democrat educators who are running for the House. Some of them are... Uh, former teachers. They haven't taught in a bazillion years. Some of them are candidates, first-time candidates who are running. Uh, they're teachers, and they're now running for the legislature. So there's a, when I say 25, they're not all necessarily sitting there. But again, they're part of those union negotiations, education funding, sitting over there at the Capitol. And guess what? They all want more money for the children. Uh, and hey, I love the schools too. I went to public school. Stan went to public school. My children went to public school. But I'll tell you, you got to be on top of them. Take a look at what's happening in Edina lately and you will see why you have to pay attention to what's going on in your school. This past year, or this past week, Kelly Holstein was picked as the teacher of the year. She's an English teacher at an alternative high school in Shakopee, um, which, okay, this is interesting. 
I like that they pick a teacher of the year. I like that they acknowledge someone, uh, I, and I like that they highlighted it. I think it surprises no one that it, they picked a teacher who was from an alternative school, Dakota Learning Center. She's worked there since 2012. Uh, that whole process of selecting the teacher of the year, I saw a picture of the 12 or 15 candidates, and they were all sitting around a table with pieces of paper in front of them like they were trying to figure out you know who's going to advance the agenda better and i think somewhere it's it strayed off to the points that they're trying to make in fact i was playing golf last monday and i play golf with two women who used to be principals and the one said she was not surprised to see them pick a transgender person which i didn't even know this kelly holmstein was transgender i still don't know that um but to uh i was I was not surprised to see um, that it was an alternative learning school. I like alternative learning schools. Uh, I, I, I don't think you can. Um, uh, I think one of the big mistakes in the public schools is that they teach everybody all the same and not all of us learn the same way. And I think we have to have that flexibility of charter schools. Uh, this is why I'm such a huge supporter of school choice. You have to have that flexibility of online learning, um, of charter schools, of alternative schools, uh, because some kids learn different than others. So there were 12 finalists selected among the 86 thousand members of the teachers union education minnesota by the way i want people to remember this education minnesota they don't care about your kids they care about those union dues they care about keeping their power they care about electing democrats when they tell you it's about it's for the children it's about the children no it isn't it absolutely isn't i liked this kelly Holmstein. congratulations kelly um because she's um, she, after she won, she said she's going to use that momentum to help teach, help teach these at-risk students with ep- empathy and compassion. Listen to this quote. I don't know. Uh, I, I think she truly believes this. I don't know if Education Minnesota had to rubber stamp the AOK on what she said, but she said, if you can be really patient and find out their story and find out how you can help them, then it's amazing. The transformation is amazing. To get to be part of that and bear witness to that is the biggest privilege of my life. And I think that's a really powerful, really important. I know I make fun of the unions all the time. I make fun of Education Minnesota, but I think her message there is a very, very, very powerful message. Um, the Stan, do you remember last week when I was telling the story about how I got shot in front of Little Earth? Oh, yeah, on the school bus, yeah. yeah. That was just last week. That was not a school bus. It was an ice cream truck. Or ice cream truck, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was an ice cream truck. I wanted to spend a little bit of time on that, too, because this um, this teacher of the year is an, at an alternate alternative high school in Shakopee. One other big push that we're seeing a lot of with the racial disparities, of course, it's children... Uh, children of color, uh, but there's a, also a big push on the on the Indians. And one of our listeners had called in last week um, and wanted to know if they ever caught the person who shot me in the neck. And and if you missed the story, go back and listen to the podcast last week. No, they didn't catch them. I was a hundred percent fine. When I woke up laying on the ground with my ice cream truck, crashed into the pole, and blood popsicle stuck all next to your over head. everything. Um, my head was in the lap of this amazing Indian woman, and I wanted to point out to people the reason they didn't catch anyone it, 
in this thing that the the reason they didn't catch anyone is because there's there wasn't very good communication between what's happening with the with the Little Earth uh, project or or with the Indian tribes and regular police and your and your and that's still going on. I mean, they just had a deal up in uh, what was it? Uh, Meek, not Meeker. I'm up by the Mille Lacs area. They had an issue with who's jurisdiction right. it's going to be right and it was a murder and this year at the legislature you're seeing a huge push towards um towards a support of a resolute of a bill that's been introduced about missing and murdered indigenous women last week was the missing and indigenous women's awareness week and and i what i think is so important about this is you've got so many challenges in that kind of an atmosphere. You've got challenges with the living situation, challenges with the family situation, challenges with the education system, challenges with the jurisdictional jurisdictional issues. Who has control over that? So, for example, at Little Earth, who has control? Is it the tribe? Is it Minneapolis? Is it is it Hennepin County up up north? Is it the reservation? Is it you know who has this jurisdictional? So when people uh, tell you about the missing and murdered indigenous women or when they tell you about some of the issues they're having in the education system, the whole bottom line with this is this is not just a, a simple we have to figure out who's murdering these people. We have to figure out who's educating these people. We have to figure out how to support these people and get them to to be off of a welfare program and become productive members of society. This is so much more than all of that. The most important thing is to try to get the entities to work together. And and this the the I don't care if you're a person of color. I don't care if you're Indian. I don't care if you're white. I don't care what you are. But you have a responsibility. You have personal responsibility as part of this community to make sure that you help address some of these situations. I think that lack of communication is part of why we have to have awareness days for missing and murdered indigenous women or why you have to have a teacher, uh, a teacher awareness um, program going on. Okay. Minneapolis public schools are getting together with Ramsey County, with Ramsey County Attorney John Choi's office, and they are joining a data project to keep at-risk students out of jail. This is such a horrible idea. This is such a horrible idea. So it's the county, it's the school district, and it's Ramsey County Attorney John Choi's office. And despite concerns about how students' student information might be used, the St. Paul School Board signed on board on this data-driven project that will help identify at-risk students before they turn to crime. Everything you think can go wrong in this, it's going to go wrong. It's gonna go wrong. And the, the labeling that you're gonna see, the putting kids into the prison pipeline, you're gonna see more and more and more and more of it. Uh, this is a horrible project. We have to do everything we can to stop it. I'll talk a little bit more about it when we come back. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. <laughs> Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. This is such a horrible, horrible, horrible idea. So, of course, 
the St. Paul School District. Of course, Ramsey County. And of course, Ramsey County Attorney John Choi jumped on board. So despite concerns about how student information might be used, that is the opening paragraph in the article that the Pioneer pressed. Despite all these concerns, despite the worry, despite the fear, they just went ahead and did it anyway. The St. Paul School District uh, has signed on to a data-driven project that will help identify and help, help, air quotes, I'm from the government and I'm here to help, will help at-risk students before they turn to crime. Uh, John Choi's office said he's been leading this effort for four years. It's a stupid idea, John Choi. You shouldn't even be pushing this. Oh, yeah, John Choi got endorsed by the... Democrats last weekend, too. Uh, again, a nonpartisan position. And there he is in front of all the Democrats getting endorsed. Crazy. Oh, yeah. So did the Ramsey County Sheriff. These are supposed to be nonpartisan positions. How does that make you feel? Think about that. All right. So the school board, St. Paul School Board, Tuesday joined the county commission in agreeing to form a joint powers board. Nothing good comes out of those joint powers boards. The city council is expected to ask next month. Um, the first major step would be a research project that identifies risk factors based on a range of government data. And they believe that this information is going to predict future contact with the criminal justice system. Do, I mean, do you get that? So the, they're going to look at a bunch of government data and they're going to say, okay, we've identified X, Y, and Z as a risk factors. And that's going to be our prediction for if you're going to be in contact with the criminal criminal justice system from there the joint powers board creates an early alert system to flag students they're going to label and flag the students that they oh, are it sounds like th- a great idea started at that, 10 and just you right, know, label them a bad guy right. from age 10 they're never going to grow up Track they're always going to be data. trouble yep 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 they're always going to be troublemakers every teacher is going to know they're troublemakers every one of them uh, law enforcement's going to know about them. So if mm-hmm. anything happens, they're going to be, there's their data, all their data about what troublemakers I they are. I was on the naughty list for a while in school. Oh, heck, I was on the naughty list too, whatever, you know. But did you did you want to keep that label for your whole, in- okay, never mind that question. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> Look how often they're Pretty wrong. Soon. You know, yeah. you and I were, uh, were on the naughty list for a while. We earned mm-hmm. our way off of it. If you have a huge data-driven project like this, Stan, a huge data-driven project, you're never never getting off that list they're never losing and what that a better, data what a better way than uh, to get more money for the school system than to start another program ding 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 you win the chicken dinner uh jackie turner the chief operating officer for saint paul public schools said the idea is a one-stop place to get support and services for these bad children why, why don't we just set up doctor's office uh lawyers uh all that right in the school, and we can just go to school for everything. The, they already have that. It's called a community um, community school. Yeah, and they keep throwing millions and millions of dollars at that every year. Every year, it's so ridiculous. The county also wants to explore the use of social impact bonds, cha-ching, cha-ching, to pay for the interventions. Because, of course, they need more money for it, Stan. They need more money for it. Uh, if, and this is a big if, the work succeeds in keeping students out of jail these private investors will get their money back plus some 
from the government savings. Do you hear those? Do you hear those ridiculous things that they claim are going to happen? I am really thankful that there are people who are fighting fighting this. Uh, some of the people are really really worried about labeling labeling the children very early on as a criminal could do more harm than good. There are people out there who don't trust the prosecutor's office. Gosh, I wonder why. Uh, who don't trust the prosecutor uh, prosecutor's office in uh, leading. The this effort uh school board member oh this is why you're this is why these elections matter so much school board member marnie zong called the project an exciting opportunity we do need to be careful about the next steps we take in order to prevent the harm that may could may occur count on it marnie count on it you're going to see harm occur from this think about this what could go wrong when you flag a student what could go wrong when you flag a student and and again you want to talk about people of color you want to talk about racism you want to talk about government labeling you want to talk about government intrusion this is just every this is just such a bad idea from the word go uh, one of the city council, um, one of the, the, the St. Paul City Council met with uh, the county's deputy manager for health and wellness service because, of course, they're going to all get involved. Do you realize how many different agencies and organizations and entities this calls? Um, Ryan O'Connor, the county's deputy manager for health and wellness services, addressed the concern. He acknowledged racial disparities are a major part of conversations around criminal justice, but said that the project is about offering voluntary services to at-risk youth and their families. He said ideally this work would decrease by engaging in the youth before they encounter the justice system dream on dream on in your rose-colored glasses dream on in the meantime you have the minnesota department of human rights which thankfully the legislator defunded not entirely but took away like i for 30 percent of their budget maybe good good this past fall the Department of Human Rights presented a total of 43 school districts and charter schools with a choice. Enter into the agreement with the department and come up with plans to address these racial disparities, or we're going to sue you. Or we're going to sue you. Specifically, they're focusing on reducing disparities in discipline for nonviolent offenses. The category includes things like swearing, eye-rolling, and other actions that could be deemed insubordinate and disruptive. This is part of that Obama um, initiative, and it is, it's just absolutely crazy how out of control this has, this has gotten. And now you're seeing some of the consequences that come from this. The Department of Human Rights, uh, said five schools have chosen to enter in the agreement. Bloomington, Cass Lake, Bina, Mankato, North St. Paul, Maplewood, Oakdale, and the Robbinsdale School District. There are some other charters and a couple other of the public education, um, uh, public education entities. Two districts, the, the, uh, Human Rights Department has filed charges in two districts, St. Louis Park and the Walker Hackensack, Akeley, and, um, they're just those two school districts. 
the districts and the charters who have chosen to enter into a collaborative with the Department of Human Resources or Human Rights, they have all submitted three-year plans to outline the strategies that they have to implement. The strategies include a broad range of things like, are you ready for this? Professional development trainings to help educators address implicit bias. Um, they believe that 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 because the teachers are so racist, you know, the teachers from the Education Minnesota who want boatloads of money, um, the teachers are so racist, they have to be have these educators trained in implicit bias, and they want to find ways to increase student and community engagement. In one instance, North St. Paul Maplewood Oakdale District, the district will be providing professional development with the focus on things like culturally responsive teaching practice, trauma-informed care, and reforming behavior response to protocol, which includes things like, are you ready for this, Stan? Restorative circles. They're going to have restorative circles at, at, every, at every school site. That's going to take care of the problems. Yeah, 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 yeah. Choice, people. School choice. Uh, Mark Dayton is continuing his relentless pursuit of our small children and union revenues. Um, there's a $329 million budget surplus. Dayton wants uh, wants more money to go to schools, and he specifically wants it to go for the youngest learners. Uh, Governor Dayton wants the lawmakers to make the funding permanent for the schools i want you to remember our school budgets uh for fiscal year 1819 is 19 billion dollars half of our budget half of our state budget over half goes to education just because i tell you that the fiscal year 1819 has a a budget for education of 19 billion dollars it's way over that when you look at all the other bills, you look at bonding, you look at other little initiatives that are tucked into other bills, it's way, way, way more than that. And this is so crazy. So Governor Dayton is really pushing for every preschool-age tr- child, our three- and four-year-olds, to get into public schools before he leaves office. We saw him do a lot with all-day kindergarten and that so-called free kindergarten for all. Now he's focusing on pre-K. We've seen hundreds of millions of dollars go into this. And Kim Crockett over at the American Experiment did a really good job. She said, if Governor Dayton succeeds, he shifts the culture to an even closer to the socialist idea of shaping little hearts and minds with the state's approved education, reappoints our family schedules and budgets to the dependency on the state for child care. And that's exactly what he wants to do. Plus, it produces thousands of new public employees who will at least under current law, hopefully that gets overturned by the United States Supreme Court, uh, the new public employees will be forced to pay union dues and get to keep their job forever. Kim Crockett did the math for us. 3,000 new teachers paying, say, $600 a year in dues is another $1.8 million million dollars for Governor Dayton's party to spend on getting themselves elected and defeating ideas like school choice and vouchers. Pay attention to that stuff. Uh, Governor Dayton is also calling for 
Governor Dayton's pretty much had a press conference every day, had a press conference every day, um, dragging out uh, gun grabbers, dragging out school students from various schools. Um, He go. It's one photo op after another for Governor Dayton. It's really uh, pretty amazing. Uh, But Governor Dayton says we have an emergency. He needs another hundred and thirty seven point nine million dollars in emergency one time funding that will go to uh, every school district. So every every school district will get an extra $126 per student. There are some 59 districts who are facing budget shortfalls. And of course, they're threatening teacher layoffs and cutting all the programs that people want. This is really crazy, people. You got to pay attention to that. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I am convinced. Okay. It's wishful thinking. I'm hoping. I'm praying. I really want to hear um, if our if our the court case that we took all the way to the United States Supreme Court. Uh, we're waiting on these rulings to come out. There's a lot of rulings that we're waiting on. Uh, I am. I'm just convinced that it's going to be this Monday. Now it can be any time between any Monday between now and the end of June. But I think I'm so excited and I just want it so bad. I want the. Um, uh, Minnesota Voters Alliance v. Mansky to come out so bad, um, but there are a lot of other really important cases. So when we come back, I'll talk to you a little bit about the United States Supreme Court cases we are waiting for opinions on. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. We'll fight the powers that be just. Yeah. Don't pick up destiny <laughs> cause. You don't know us. You recognize this one? I do. This used to be my old tune. We're not gonna take it. No, we ain't gonna take it. I used to sing this out loud. Driving in my car. Stomping around my kitchen. It definitely fits your style of show. Twisted sister. Okay, okay, turn it off now, but when we come back, I want the chorus when we come back, in honor of what used to be my opening show, Twisted Sister, right? Mm-hmm. Love, love, love that one. He hosts one of the greatest uh, rock shows ever. Oh, totally, totally. Oh, my gosh. People don't realize how much I love music, and they and they also don't realize how many different kinds of music that I like. Um, everything from classical to, okay, I don't like opera, but everything except opera, I love it all. I love rock and roll. I love country. I love, I mean, you name it. I love it. And I really feel like, um, music helps keep me grounded. It helps me stay focused so I don't just go crazy with the top of my head exploding off. Music really helps you get through some days. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really, truly does. Okay, so, you know, I am anxiously, anxiously, anxiously awaiting the United States Supreme Court to come and rule on our uh, Minnesota Voters Alliance v. Mansky. And I've told you about this lawsuit over and over and over again. Minnesota has an overbroad ban that bans political attire that has, and I use air quotes here, uh, that any attire that promotes a group with a recognizable political view. Over the course of the this lawsuit, which started in 2010, we lost in Minnesota, we lost at the 8th Circuit Court, and thanks to Pacific Legal, well, thanks to Minnesota Voters Alliance, uh, Andy Selick and uh, Eric Cardall, uh, we worked our way through uh, all the way up to the... Um, 
to the to the United States Supreme Court. And my I am so thankful to Wen Fa from the uh, Pacific Legal Foundation. He's been a guest on my show. But he said this is just absolutely ridiculous. And some of the testimony we heard, some of the arguments that we heard from uh, uh, the Supreme Court justices and from Rogan, uh, who argued our case in front of the Supreme Court. He's a Hennepin County assistant attorney. Um, it, it was just absolutely crazy. The, the headlines should have blasted Minnesota bans, uh, NRA shirts, Black Lives Matters t-shirts, Me Too t-shirts, and more, uh, under this overbroad law that they have in place. I think I told you one. Eight other states have it, have an overbroad law like Minnesota. Uh, in Colorado, someone was wearing an MIT T-shirt, and the election judge turned this college kid away because he thought it stood for Mitt Romney. Or there was a woman in Texas who had a uh, Alaska souvenir T-shirt, and she was turned away by the election judge because the woman thought she was promoting Sarah Palin. So these are just crazy, crazy, crazy things. We had Justice Alito actually went after uh, Minnesota's attorney Daniel Rogan and 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 just quizzed him on uh, could you wear a rainbow flag? Could you wear and and went down this whole entire arbitrary definitions of of and and the power that you give an election judge who can turn you away who can put your put your name down so that you could possibly be be prosecuted civilly and criminally is is just absolutely ridiculous and you have to fight against these things um so we are anxiously waiting for this awesome first amendment case i was talking to someone i played golf with and i was telling them that you technically under minnesota's overbroad law you could not wear a black lives matter shirt to vote and she's like oh of course you can that's way more important than a tea party shirt and i'm like wait 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 time out you know you're saying a black lives matter shirt is more important than a tea party shirt under minnesota's law they would both be banned which is totally ridiculous. Um, and I said, thank you. You better hope we win at the Supreme Court. So if you want to wear your Black Lives Matter shirt, that you can. And I was just shocked and appalled by what the, uh, how poorly the Minnesota media, um, how, how poorly they covered all of this. So hopefully we're going to, you know, if you were to listen to Minnesota media, it was barely a blip on the, on the radar, but CNN covered it. Reuters covered it. Bloomberg covered it. I mean, and, and then here you have, uh, plaintiffs, Andy Selick and me, plaintiffs that our media knows here, uh, and they just couldn't even give it the time of day other than talking about, uh, uh, political voting ban attire. This is a huge First Amendment case that, uh, should be, and, and do you know what the, the Tribune, not last Sunday, the Sunday before, they ran, uh, they ran a puff piece on Rogan, on the attorney from, the Hennepin County attorney, Dan Rogan, um, he, they said that he appeared before the high court in February. They didn't talk about how Justice Alito ripped him apart and made him look like a fool. The whole court laughed at him. They just talked about him, uh, arguing, uh, the, the, a, a case and how his wife, 
uh, Kate had won a case, and then they had a picture of his family and all that kind of stuff. So we're anxiously awaiting that. But in the next uh, few weeks, the justices are going to have to decide who can come into the United States, who can vote. They have to decide uh, how much power the government can have to follow you. How much do they have to inform you? Do you have to shut up? They're going to have to settle disputes of of can who can buy and sell goods in the public square, who gets to collect and pay taxes. In the seven months in which the court heard, this year, the court heard 63 oral arguments, 39 cases, and 62% of those cases are just hanging out. They're just hanging out like ours, just hanging out, waiting and waiting and waiting for our opinion. And what's so interesting about this is if you read in the mainstream media, they will tell you um, with their biased version um, about the controversial cases, including immigration, abortion, gay rights, partisan politics, um, the power of labor unions, the lure of of um, sports betting. That'll be so much fun. Um, but but a lot of these cases, they're cases that they're cases that appeal uh, that are that should be really important to all of us. To all of us. So one is a free speech case. This is not a gay rights case. This is a free speech case. Jack Phillips was a Christian baker who sued, who was sued after he said, after he said he would not create a cake for a same sex wedding. This is a test of free speech and religious freedom. And the Supreme Court agreed to hear it. And they're going to be focused on whether a business owner has a right to create a product that is against his or her deeply held religious beliefs. This is not about gay rights. This case, Masterpiece Cake Shop versus Colorado Civil Rights Commission, is about is about a guy who said, "Hey, I will make a cake for the wedding celeb." Um, who said I he would not make a cake for the wedding celebration of two gay men in twenty. 12. He said he would sell them anything in his store to the couple, but he could not create a new cake to celebrate same-sex marriage due to his religious beliefs and convictions about male-female matrimony. He said this is about much more than a cake. Businesses, um, don't let them tell you that this is about uh, gay rights because it's not. It's about freedom of speech and freedom of religion. So that's a huge one that's coming out. Another huge one that's coming out um, is this, um, an uh, anti-abortion and free speech case. This one's in California and it's, it's how much, um, how much information are you going to get from, from the government? Another one that you have out there is immigration. So the Supreme Court's hearing all kinds of arguments because the, that's what the Democrats do. They're trying to resist, uh, their, they're suing the Trump administration on the travel bans, um, about which, uh, the court is going to decide if the ban which um, impacts people from specific countries if um, it discriminates on the basis of nationality and religion. That'll be super interesting. The other big one that's that's going to be so important here in Minnesota, too, is the one on union dues. This is the Mark Janice case, and this is Mark Janice sued because he didn't want to pay his union dues. He didn't want his 
money taken out of his paycheck, a fee, to go toward the union because he worked for the state. So the Supreme Court could, and I think they will, upend a decades-old precedent that allowed unions to collect fees from public employees. Um, The American Experiment, Kim Crockett, has been all over that one as well. Uh, Plus we have our, our... our case. There's um, uh, another case is on voter eligibility. The Supreme Court heard an argument as to whether states, in particular, this was in Ohio, but this will impact Minnesota as well, can purge voters who haven't recently voted. So in Ohio, voters who haven't cast a ballot in two years can be removed, even if they're technically eligible to vote. In Minnesota, we keep ours four years and we can remove them. But in Minnesota, they don't remove them. They're horrible at that. We got another great case coming up. Oh, I'll tell you about that in a couple weeks. Another great Minnesota case that I bet goes all the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah, I'm looking at you again, Ramsey County. Plus, there's um, a redistricting case we're waiting on. There's Internet taxes we're waiting on. There's uh, uh, there's gambling that we're waiting on. And... Uh, some huge, huge, huge privacy cases. So lots and lots and lots of just really, really, really big, important cases. And this is one of the reasons that I'm so thankful. One of the reasons I voted for President Trump was so that he would appoint someone like Gorsuch to the to the court. And unfortunately, Dayton appointed, what, six out of the seven uh, Supreme Court justices here in Minnesota and the Eighth Circuit. Well, that's a battle, too. Um, but you know what? Um, sometimes we are going to have to sue all the way up to the Supreme Court. Uh, we can and we will. So we'll be a united front. All right. Uh, we're done. When we come back with that, I'll tell you next week if we if the opinion came out on our court case. Uh, when we come back, I want to tell you what's going on at the legislature. Uh, I am furious with the Republicans. I think a lot of people are. Um, I think the legislators are frustrated with the uh, the strategy of handling this session has worked out. We'll talk about it when we come back. Stay tuned. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and for tuning in. Thank you, Stan. Thank you for playing that song for me. I really appreciate it. It's been a while since I heard that. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. I'm, we're, we're coming down to the wire on the legislature now. And, and last week I was telling you how the Democrats are the party of bad ideas and so many stupid ideas. I can hardly keep track of them, whether it's taxes or spending or borrowing or healthcare or, uh, dumb ideas in our schools, dumb ideas in, in, uh, for businesses or labor, whether it's amnesty, whether it's open borders, whether it's the environment whether it's voter ID laws, uh, the left just has this utopian vision of the world and they're shocked. They're just shocked when it doesn't work out the way that they thought it was. Uh, and, I, and that I'm really frustrated with so many of the politicians who now seem to think that they're activists instead of leaders and uh, statesmen. And I think, I, I don't know if I told you last week we had Hillary Clinton. She's the gift that keeps on giving. And yeah, she gave us one of her daily reminders of how we dodged a huge bullet when she lost uh last week she was telling people that um 
identifying as a capitalist probably hurt her in the primary because so many Democrats are socialist. Uh, Hillary Clinton said, I'm asked, are you a capitalist? And I say, yes, but with appropriate regulation and appropriate accountability. And, you know, that probably gets lost in the message. Oh, my gosh, she's a capitalist, which is... One of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. But then you had Keith Ellison. So last week um, we were talking about how Keith, Keith Ellison marched with the mass march for immigrant and workers' rights on May 1st. And they had quite a long list of demands. The attacks were, uh, they said they demanded no attacks on immigrants. They demanded no more deportations. They demanded uh, amnesty for all. They demanded a Clean Dream Act. Uh, they wanted to restore temporary protective status for Salvador Salvadorians and Haitians. They wanted to adopt a sanctuary platform. They wanted to make Minnesota a sanctuary state. They wanted to expand union rights, stop all right-to-work laws. They wanted a living wage for all, Medicare for all. They wanted to end police brutality. They wanted community control for the police departments, of the police departments. They wanted climate justice, and they wanted to end the U.S. war and intervention. Well, Keith Ellison was there and making the rounds everywhere but in Minnesota. Almost the entire national media has picked this up, but not in Minnesota. A video was posted last Monday showing... Uh, Keith Ellison wearing a T-shirt calling for an end to the United States borders. So while he was marching in the local May Day parade in Minnesota, he was wearing a shirt that translated into, I think it was in Spanish, uh, translated into, I don't believe in borders. Uh, of course, we know Ellison is a progressive Democrat. I can't keep track. Are they Democrats? Are they liberals? Are they progressives? Are they, I, I don't even know what they are. Uh, he also supports a new type of wealth fair that government would pay people a basic salary uh yeah we've we've heard this universal basic income which by the way is such a stupid idea the norway finland whichever one tried it said yeah it didn't work out guess what nobody wanted to work uh keith ellison has also backed the idea of a maximum wage he said if you were to if you were to say, look, if you make more than 20 times more than the people who actually make the products that or do the services at your company, we're going to tax you more. So throw the bum out. Oh, my gosh. Throw the bum out. And we actually, uh, Margaret Martin, thank you, Margaret. She actually sent me the name of the, oh, well, okay, let me find the name of the person running against Keith Ellison, and I'll get back to you. This week, we also had, in the Minnesota Senate, Democrats openly admitted uh, saying the national motto, in God we trust, offends them. So, yeah, this made national news, too, everywhere except for here in Minnesota, because our media is an embarrassment, an absolute embarrassment. So Dan Hall introduced a bill that allowed uh, uh, you you understand our national motto is in God we trust. It's on our money. It's it's the national motto. And he introduced a bill saying, hey, schools, if you want to put the national motto up in the high schools, you can do that. You, you don't have to. 
You um, you have to raise money to do it on your own, so it's not school money. But if you want to put up a, a sign or something that says, In God We Trust, go ahead. Have at it. You can do it. Um, apparently, uh, Senator Scott Dibble and John Marty, at least when it comes to matters involving the word God, both members of the... Democrat Farm Labor Party, this is out of Fox News, the Democrat Farm Labor Party, which is the Democrat Party's weird off-brand Minnesota state affiliate, uh, they said absolutely not. Ultimately, this bill passed 38 to 29, uh, and somehow 29 state senators voted against the option to display the national motto. Uh, Marty went, John Marty, John Marty, you've been there too long, buddy. Uh, Time for you to go. Uh, Marty went so far as, and isn't it weird, last week I praised him. This week I said I'm bashing him and telling him to retire. Uh, He said, the money in my wallet has to say, in God we trust. I think that's offensive. Uh, Dibble uh, Dibble asked, I wonder if Senator Hall would feel the same if students walked in instead of using the God you using the word God, used the word Allah. Well, that's not the United States of America, people. Um, so we're also going to see a whole bunch of gun grabber ads. Uh, we saw, who is this? Gun Safety Action Fund, which is part of, um, oh, I don't even remember who it's part of, one of the local entities. Oh, every town. They're going to pay 160000 Dollars to air more than 500 ads. So it's a crazy, crazy, crazy time over at the Capitol. Once again, I'm sorry we didn't get to everything that I thought we were going to get to, but you know, that's how it goes sometimes. So I hope when I come back uh, in a week, I hope when I come back that uh, I'll be able to tell you that we won our United States Supreme Court case against Ramsey County. Um, And I just want to wish all the mothers out there, happy Mother's Day to all of you. If you're lucky enough to still have a mom, uh, call her up, visit her, go thank her for being awesome. If you have a crappy mom, well, be a better mom yourself, right? Love my kids, love my kids. Looking forward to a great day. And like Stan says, I can fish for free. So, everyone, have a good Mother's Day. See you next week. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.